0: You're listening to sermon audio from Ankeny Free Church in Ankeny, Iowa. We are a church on a mission to love God, love others, and make disciples in Jesus' name. To learn more, head over to AnkenyFree.Church. My name's Todd. I'm one of the pastors here at Ankeny Free Church. It's so good to have you guys here with us today. Uh, One more time, if you would say with me, He is risen. You know, that is such a powerful truth. In fact, it's acknowledged by many people. Atheist author and commentator Peter Hitchens, who's a frequent uh, critic of Christianity, one time on a panel was asked, What is the most dangerous idea in all of humanity? And he said, It is this the belief that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead and we are gathered here today to proclaim this not as a dangerous truth but as a life-changing truth for all here and really for all of humanity our message in our passage today leads to one simple truth and that is this is we need to trust in Jesus we need to trust Jesus and so if you would Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, And his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then quickly go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went to the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this is the story that has been spread among the Jews to this day. Let us pray. Father, I pray that this Easter morning that we would see the resurrection of Your Son with new eyes. Not simply deepening our intellectual understanding, but that our hearts would be changed and transformed. And so, Lord, we ask that You would speak through me, in spite of me. But we ask that it would be Your words that transform our heart by the power of Your Spirit. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, we need to trust in Jesus. We, we need to trust in Jesus. And there's two reasons why here in our passage. Uh, the first is this the resurrection is true. The resurrection is true. Ancient historians such, such as Talus, Tacitus, Suetonius, Mara, Bar, Serpion, and even Josephus all testify to the reality of of Jesus Christ. In fact, even unbelieving historians to this day would equate the reality of Jesus Christ on the same level that they would Roman emperors that lived during Jesus' day. Few question his existence. The question is, is did he really die and rise again from the grave? Well, there's some things here in our passage today that point to the truth of this. First of all, If this was a fake story, you wouldn't have women running to the tomb, women talking to the angel, women running in, verifying that the tomb is empty, women that would then go and see and talk with Jesus touching his feet. See, uh, unlike uh, the God of the Bible who gives value and dignity and worth to women, in Greco-Roman society, a woman's word was not to be trusted, and in fact, her testimony was often not valid in a court of law. If you were making up a story, you wouldn't have your witnesses be women. You'd only do that if it's true. And it is. Uh, secondly, it's, it's kind of interesting, the actual woman that went and discovered the empty tomb. Think about your name. And many of you know other people with the same first name. I'm, I'm looking at you, Todd, back in the booth, and other people as well. And so when you have people that have the same first name, you have to somehow distinguish the difference between people. They call this disambiguation. So when I married my wife, Carrie, her name became Carrie Hessel. I have a cousin, also named Carrie Hessel. And so we need to figure out which Carrie Hessel are we talking about. And I think there for a while, my Carrie Hessel was Carrie Hessel number two, because the other one had been Carrie Hessel her whole life. And you would think that maybe this would get better once she got married, but you kind of exchanged one problem for another because she married a guy named Todd. And so... Now we need to know which Todd and Carrie you're talking about when you talk about Todd and Carrie. You know this, right? You understand this. You need to be able to talk about which person you're talking about. The, the thing is, is in works of fiction and in works of mythology, you don't run into the problem of disambiguation because they name the characters all different names. If you're making up a story, you wouldn't go through the hassle. Of having characters with the same first name. Yet in real life, people tend to have similar first names. And we see that in the book of Matthew. There's various Josephs, Jameses, and here there's a list of Marys there in the Bible. Something that we wouldn't see if it was being made up. Something that we see, though, when we talk about history and real life. But the key event is clearly the empty tomb. You see, the reason the empty tomb is important is if we're just simply talking about Jesus not being dead, but living, and we're relying simply on the testimony of these women, you could say, well, either believe the women, like the Christians and even to this day do, or you could be like the rulers of that day and say well we don't believe the women and you just kind of weigh you know which one are we going to go with but the empty tomb is something that you can look to as as a verifiable point on whether jesus died and rose again you see you had jesus crucified on the cross and brought him then to a fresh new tomb that was sealed up and guards were placed immediately around and what's interesting is that while we look to the empty tomb as verification of Jesus' death and resurrection, the critics of Jesus, they also look to the empty tomb. And while they they weave a different story about it, the fact of the empty tomb is still there. Now, there may be questions you have about the resurrection, uh, things that aren't answered in this passage. And if that's something that you're curious about, I'd be more than happy to help. Listen to what it is that might be at hand and maybe point you to a helpful resource. Anything I can do to guide you, to help you to see the reality of this, I'd be willing to do. But my point is really this. Is There have been men and women throughout history that have approached the Bible with skepticism and unbelief. Rosalind Picard, C.S. Lewis, Francis Collins, Anthony Slew, Lee Strobel, the lists can go on and on, and as they dug in, seeking to disprove the Bible, they found the weight of evidence swayed them in a direction they did not expect and became ardent followers of Jesus Christ and I would recommend that for you as well that approaching the Bible with questions digging for evidence leads us to see that it is true not the other way the second thing the second reason that we need to trust in Jesus is Jesus' resurrection is our salvation Jesus' resurrection is our salvation. Jesus is the one that we have been hoping for. Matthew 1.22 tells us that Jesus is the one to save us from our sins, which are the evil things that we have done. And throughout the pages of Matthew, we've seen time and time and time again how Jesus is the one that we were to hope for, uh, the one that's going to be the, the rescuer of people from all ages, from from all times, all places, that that He's the one that we are to be looking toward. And yet we're left with these curious statements of Jesus. We see Him in chapter 16, 17, and 20, that He is going to die, and then three days later, rise again. This death and resurrection is part of what it means for us to be rescued. This was necessary. We see Jesus' words when He says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to offer His life a ransom for many. That that Jesus' death on the cross means our rescue and our redemption. We see this in other places as well, that that there's nothing we could do to save ourselves. But, but it's only through Jesus are we made right with God. Places like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not because of works, so that no one can boast. Or even a verse that we might all be familiar with, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That if we want a rescue from the evil that we've done, if we want to have God's Spirit living inside of us, if we want to have everlasting life, Jesus is the one we need to trust. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Lion King. This is the warthog. Anyone know the name? Pumbaa, that's right. That's right. This is it's fantastic here. Reminds me that we are having pulled pork for lunch. So he's a warthog. He's part of Hakuna Matata, right? Well, did you know that this movie is now a play? And this play is showing in Des Moines. Now say, you want to go see this play. And so you gather your friends around and say, I would love to see the play, The Lion King. You know, when can I go? One of your friends said, when can you go? You can go at any time. Just pick a day, like Tuesday. (laughs) And if you want to go at 6 a.m., you can go at 6 a.m. If you want to go at 2 in the afternoon, go at 2 in the afternoon. If you want to go very early Wednesday morning at 1 a.m. You just go Wednesday morning because I believe in my heart that that cast and crew will be ready whenever you get there and they will start performing the instant you sit down. Like go, okay. Then you say, well, what happens? You know, I, I walk up and your other friend says, you know, you just, there'll be no one at the door. I, I believe you can just walk right in and you just sit wherever you want and you just find yourself a spot and, and that's the way it works. And your other friend goes, wait, wait, wait. No, I don't believe that. What, what I believe will happen is you have to walk up to a small council of people there at the front door. And you'll have to present some artwork that you have made showing that you understand The Lion King. And that you, you really care about this movie. And so you'll give them your piece of artwork. And if they judge it worthy, they'll let you in. And the other person's like, no, no, no. You're on the right track, but you guys are all off base. I believe that what's going to happen is, is you're going to encounter someone there at the door. And they're going to ask if you are a fan of Lion King the movie, because only people that are a fan of Lion King the movie can go in. And so if you've seen the Lion King five times as a movie, then you can go in. And if they refuse you entry and you know in your heart that you've seen it five times, you can just barge right in past that individual and go and take your seat. You need new friends. If you believe this about the Lion King, the play, you'll go there and find the doors locked. You'll be politely turned away. You'll be turned away with confused laughter. Or if you manage to get past someone there at the door, you'll be talking about Lion King, the play, how you almost saw it with your new friends in the Polk County Jail. That's exactly what's going to happen. You see, you may not understand everything that goes on to make The Lion King the play happen. You, you may not understand the, the the process of admission. You may not understand um, how they do the seats and variable pricing. You may not understand the role of advertisers or concessions or, or various sponsors. You, you may not understand the dynamics of the cast and crew being able to put on such a production. But you do understand that what I need... I, I needed mission in order to be able to go. You know, there's lots of things that one may not understand about all that Jesus has done. You, you may not understand that He became the temple for us, the, the meeting place between God and man. You, you may not be able to fully wrap your mind around Him being our High Priest, the intercessor between the, the human and divine. You, you may not grasp the, the reality of His sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, blood being spilt on our behalf. You may not understand completely how it's going to work that we will have everlasting life from simply trusting in him. But Jesus is the one that we need to trust for all of these things. He is the hope that we have. You see, the Bible tells it this way. God is all-powerful, all-knowing Creator. Made all that there is. It made us. And yet what we did was we rebelled, we belittled, we ridiculed Him. The the God who created and embodied things like, like goodness and justice and equity and love we have scorned. God has been gracious and a liberator And we have treated him like he's an oppressive tyrant in our lives. We've joined with all of creation in this great blasphemy. Because God is just, evil must be punished. And so we see that there needs to be justice. Justice towards even us. And yet... God is love, and God loves us. And so God the Father sent God the Son to live a perfect life, to die an unjust death on a Roman cross in order that we might be redeemed and cleaned before Him. And then God the Father raised God the Son from the grave. And that same power that raises Jesus from the grave is at work in all who believe. This is the good news. This is the gospel. God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Think of it. Our lust, our anger, our bitterness. we can't fix that. We can't take care of that. We don't have the power of life and death. We cannot resurrect anything. But God in Christ can because of christ we have forgiveness for what we've done clean and new his righteousness inside of us because of christ god dwells with us His spirit inside of us because of christ we have mission and purpose in this life because of christ we have life not only now but everlasting life in the age to come to quote the mandalorian this is the way or better yet to quote jesus in john 14:6 jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me We pray you are blessed and encouraged by this week's message, and we invite you to join us every Sunday, in person or online, for morning worship. Have questions about what it means to know and follow Jesus? Simply email todd at church. Thanks for listening.